0: Welcome to the Art of Money Podcast with Art McPherson. And thanks for checking out the Art of Money Podcast. My name is Mark Owens alongside Art McPherson and Luke McCarty. All the information for the McPherson Financial Group, you can find it at theartofmoneyradio.com. Got a quick question about uh, 401ks, because I know that's what a lot of the clients, a lot of the listeners call and have questions about, is their 401k, because there was a survey by USA Today that revealed that when adults fill out the benefits of a new job, They spend less than one minute reviewing any 401k choices. So Art McPherson, why do we gloss over things like that that could have such long lasting effects of our retirement? Why do we kind of almost ignore that process?
1: I think people typically are a little bit in the set it and forget it mode. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll make a decision on how they've got the money allocated, and they're not savvy enough to realize that just by being proactive and paying attention to it a little bit, like looking at it once a quarter even, can make a big difference in your overall long-term interest rate. I had a gal come in for the first time, she became a new client, and one of the things we looked at, she literally had a 401k where she picked it when she signed up with a company, never changed her investments for 25 years. And I was like, wow. (laughs) So I think a lot of it is that, you know, we hook up, we sign up and we're just not bothered. You know, I don't want to mess with it. And uh, people are just trying to work and do their thing and life is happening and, you know, taking care of the kids and the grandkids and all that kind of stuff. So people tend to really start focusing on it within that retirement red zone. When you're within that five year, you're really looking at possibly retiring Mm -hmm. and you want to make sure that that million dollars, two million dollars, three million dollars in your 401k stays two or three million dollars and doesn't go in half on you. Um, so I think people get more serious
2: there and they they realize the value of asset allocation and diversifying and so forth. And we also see, you know, people who make mistakes with their 401ks, right? We'll have a, a downturn in the market and people get emotional and lower their contributions to the 401k. Well, that's the opposite of what you want to do, right? We also see when, when we're at all-time market highs, right? You're feeling good about yourself. So you add more to the market now adding more to the market for the long term is never a bad idea but you know trying to time it trying to get emotional that can cause issues you know we see people you know with um you know taking a 401k loan out of their 401k right Mm -hmm. so you, you take the loan out and as long as you're working right you can pay it back you can pay yourself back but if you stop working and retire most of the time you have to pay it all back or it's a taxable event so Those are some of the mistakes we see. You know, some people aren't aggressive enough. Some are too aggressive for too long. So, um, you know, there's, reasons why you should look at your 401k and and there's reasons why you should get help and just ask questions. Yeah.
1: yeah I think one of the biggest mistakes I see, Mark, is people will want to pay their house off mm-hmm. and they've got a couple years left. So it's not a huge number. You know, it might be thirty, forty, fifty thousand $50,000, but they are only paying a small interest factor. You know, if you really look at what their interest rate is being charged here at the end of your mortgage, very little of that is interest. It's just pretty much principal. but people will break money out of the 401k and they forget. All that money adds on top of their other income and you're taxed at the highest rate So if you're at $150,000 a year, you've already paid 12% on your income You've already jumped in the 22% bracket now by this distribution You're going to jump in the 24 you're going to lose 24% of every dollar you pull just due to tax and they forget that Um, and by us just being a little bit more careful on the distribution side. Maybe you pay it off. You know, you take a lump sum in December, then you take another one in January, you spread that over two calendar years, help keep you from jumping brackets, things like that. Um, we see a lot of mistakes made on that distribution side. We know people want their house paid off.
2: We just want to make sure we're doing it efficiently and tax efficiently. Yeah. And that brings up another point too. If you retire early, right, if you retire in your you know, before fifty nine and a half, be very careful that you don't roll all the money out of the four oh one K into an IRA. Right? Leave some money back in the four oh one K because there's a fifty five rule that says if you leave your company at fifty five or after, you can take a four hundred one K distribution and avoid the ten percent penalty. Mm-hmm. If it's in an IRA, you have a ten percent penalty until you're fifty nine and a half, unless you go through some hoops and it's called a it's called a seventy two T distribution. We can help you with, but we'd rather you know, avoid that because you can only do that once. Um, so just be careful on when you do leave your company. If you do retire early, um, just make sure you know how how you're going to be taxed when when you take money out and what account makes the most sense to take it out of.
0: Three two one four two five eighty five fifty. We talk about the importance of an estate plan and how, unfortunately, we keep putting it off. We asked a 60-year-old listener if she and her husband have a drawn up a will or an estate plan. We
1: had this conversation the other day. We're like, we have to do this now. Because we're always like, we're young, we have time. All right, yeah, we'll do it next month. And then we don't do it. When you're younger, you think nothing is ever going to happen to you. You'll do it in the future. You'll do it in four years. You'll do it in five years. And you don't do it.
0: Is that a common response you hear about estate and legacy planning?
1: For the younger group, yes. Yeah. But, I mean, one of the things that Luke and I do with a lot of our clients when they become a client at McPherson Financial Group is making sure we're going over it. The first thing we look at is, are your beneficiaries correct? And a lot of people have not, you know, we had talked about it earlier about not changing their investments. Well, guess what they also forget to change? their beneficiaries. So, you may have to have somebody that's gone through a divorce and they still have their ex-spouse as a beneficiary. So um, you need to make those changes. So that's one of the first things we do. But we also have two attorneys here that work with us here at McPherson Financial Group. And we have attorneys here in Brevard County that we use. And we're constantly making sure that our clients' wills are up to date, um, that any trust that they have, they're up to date, that language is up to date, and we can help facilitate that all in-house here at McPherson Financial Group and make sure that our clients are gonna have what they need. And you know, you never know what's gonna happen today with covid you know Mm -hmm. it's a different environment it's a different world you can be healthy one week and then not healthy the next week because of covid so it it makes sense we had a phone call this week from a client who was very healthy and then now they're not you know they were making sure that some of their estate planning documents were up to date and that the beneficiaries were up to date and we were making sure that their uh beneficiaries were notified and they actually had not even been notified that they were gonna be a beneficiary so we wanted to make we were kind of talking about that at our team meeting this week and um, just taking care of things like that so that when our clients if they do have an end of light event or they have a transition event that those things are done correctly
0: and Luke if somebody comes in and you're doing that deep dive in their into their portfolio and you're talking about estate planning we always say it's good to have your spouse with you but when it comes with a will or an estate plan or a legacy plan is it important to have
2: the kids with you as well? It depends how much you want the kids to know. Um, <laughs> so, some of our clients don't want the kids to know anything, depending how old they are, of course. But um, and then some of our clients are open books, and their kids come to meetings, and we just have open discussions about, you know, mom and dad's assets. Um, so I think it depends how how much you want them to know. Now it it does make sense to tell them, you know, if you have a trust and you know they're in the trust or they're in the will or. You know, these are my wishes. They're written down. Here's where this document is. You know, we always get a copy of our clients' um, estate plans, just so we have it in case the kids come to us. But um, you know, everybody's a little bit different when it comes to what they let their kids know. But I say, if you're if you want them to know, I would I always you know advise you to tell them.
1: Right. And there's a lot of misinformation. I think a lot of people get confused. So they'll do a will and they'll say, I want my house to go here and I want uh, my investments to go here and my insurance policy to go here and my annuities to go here. But what they forget is is the beneficiary arrangements that are on those documents. If they're not the same as the will, a beneficiary arrangement can supersede what your directives are in a will or even a directive in a trust. So it's just making sure that those are all pointing the right direction. So if you want it to go to the trust, everything needs to say that it goes to the trust. If you want it to go to your children or your grandchildren specifically, you need to make sure it says that because just because it says it in your will, doesn't always mean that'll happen. because a beneficiary arrangement or agreement, if will supersede a will that had been done prior. So you have to be very careful with that. So, So those are some of the things that Luke and I are very careful with our clients, making sure all that stuff is lined up the way they want it.
0: Have you seen that before? The spouse, they get divorced, but their name's still on there and then somebody passes away and then you have to get lawyers involved and it's just adding more headache to an already frustrating situation.
1: Usually we don't have to get too much on the lawyer side, but I would say we see 10 to 15 cases like that a year. Where beneficiaries are wrong, the directives are wrong, um, and trying to fix it before we can't. Yeah. You know, because uh, once it is done and the person has passed away, there's nothing we can do about it. Even if the will says 50% of that money was supposed to go here, if the beneficiary says it goes there, it's going to go there.
0: That number is 321 425 8550. Always online at artofmoneyradio.com. And Art, look, before we get out of here, I want to talk about annuities for a second because there is a stat that says by 2024, we will reach peak 65.
2: Have you heard that term before? I haven't heard peak 65, but I can assume it's where... What, the most people in the country are 65 or older? There it is. There it is. Bingo, bingo. Yeah, peak 65, when more Americans will
0: turn 65 than at any other time in history, and they could also be leaving the workforce. So a lot of people looking to convert their nest egg to their retirement funds. Is now the time to look into annuities to help meet this goal if you're in that peak 65 movement?
2: I think it is. You always want to be open to different types of investments. You know, for example, the first couple of weeks of this year, right in January, the market, depending which market you're choosing, right, the S and P or the Dow or the Nasdaq, right, were down, you know, eight to fifteen percent. Well, we had clients that have, you know, some investments in those, you know, instruments and stocks, right? We have with bonds, and then, but their total portfolio um, was only down three or four percent, because if you add in things to your portfolio that aren't subject to market rate risk. Right, aren't subject to interest rate risk. You know, when we think of interest rates, we just think of bond price fluctuation. Well, we're getting a lot of stock price fluctuation with just the talk of the Fed with interest rates. So there's a lot of risk out there where you just don't want all your eggs in the stock market, right? Even if you're the best stock picker in the world or your favorite stock, you know, like mine is Google. Well, Google's down this year because of, you know, the interest rate talks and growth stocks getting hit. So when you think of that, you know, markets down eight to twelve percent, you know, if you were a client here, you'd be down three or four. Feels pretty good. So we use different tools in the portfolio and one of those is annuities.
1: Basically what we don't want to do with your when you're talking about investments or your portfolio is not having the risk the way you want it. Everybody loves it when the market's doing well. Everybody's like, oh, I want to take more risk. I want to do more. But as soon as we get a correction like this, that's where your real risk tolerance comes out. So if you're looking at your portfolio and it's down forty or $50,000, and you don't like that, well, that might be time to de-risk. So that's one of the things we'll look at with our clients and we'll look at a thing. We have a thing on their website called Riskalyze and we evaluate evaluate that with them and we want to make sure that we are addressing risk properly and they are at a risk level that they're comfortable with.
0: Thanks for listening. Want more from Art McPherson of McPherson Financial Group? Find us online at
3: artofmoneyradio.com.